Today on Abounding Grace, we enter into a discussion on giving, and Pastor Ed Taylor is quick to point out our heart behind it all. If you've been here at Calvary for a few weeks or a few months, you know that our heart's desire is to take a lower key approach to giving and to money. That's the heart of ministry that God's placed upon us. Our emphasis here at Calvary is not on money, but it's on Jesus. It always will be. It always has been. And may the Lord keep our focus. I can tell you right now, there is, this is not an attempt to put some kind of pressure on you or to guilt you into giving. It's simply to teach you the facts about God and his heart for giving and for you because you're missing out. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You for a minute about how you spend your money. You probably have a house and car payment, and no doubt you have money set aside each month for utilities, a cell phone plan, food, perhaps for TV too. But where does your giving to God fit into that plan? Maybe like some, you say at the end of the month, I can't afford to give. Well, perhaps after you listen to today's program, you'll be inclined to say, I can't afford not to give. Pastor Ed Taylor continues our series in 1 Corinthians with a study in chapter 16. We're talking about being a good and generous giver today on Abounding Grace. If you've been here at Calvary for a few weeks or a few months, you know that our heart's desire is to take a lower key approach to giving and to money. That's the heart of ministry that God's placed upon us. Our emphasis here at Calvary is not on money, but it's on Jesus. It always will be. It always has been. And may the Lord keep our focus. I can tell you right now, there is, this is not an attempt to put some kind of pressure on you or to guilt you into giving. It's simply to teach you the facts about God and his heart for giving and for you because you're missing out. Obviously, those of you that haven't given and you know who you are. I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't pay attention. I don't look at the giving. I don't know who gives. I don't want to know who gives because I don't want to serve anyone with any type of prejudice. And, well, they give a lot, so I'm going to serve them a lot. And, oh, they don't give anything. I'm not going to. Uh, that we, we don't look at that. Very, very, very few people know who give here. Only the essentials. But I'll tell you right now. So let's just say maybe you've been here for years. You haven't given. Like, the church has gotten along just fine without your giving, hasn't it? God doesn't need your giving. I, as a pastor, don't need you to give in order to support my family. God will support my family. Pastoral staff here, the men and women that serve, God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So this isn't some attempt to go, well, yeah, you're a pastor, you're just trying to twist it out of me. I'm trying to convince you that it's the obedient thing to do. And maybe you get your handle on this area of your life and other things start to fall into place. This is an easy one. This is an easy one. Giving unto the Lord. This is easy. This is basic Christianity. If you were in college, this would be Christianity 101. God gave everything for you, so give back to him. Simple. Something you should master. 
We do take a low-key approach. We allow the scriptures to teach us as we study verse by verse, chapter by chapter. When the Bible teaches on giving, we're gonna, I'm gonna teach on giving. I'm not ashamed to teach on giving. I'm not afraid to teach on giving, but neither am I going to use teachings on giving to somehow manipulate you. As if man could really do that. If you're rebelling against the Holy Spirit, man's not going to manipulate you. You know, you're, you need to be yielded to him. We do believe in tithing here. Giving unto the Lord of your first fruits. We do believe in supporting the work of this church in particular. We do believe that it's important for you to give regularly on the first day of the week. When your increase comes, maybe every two weeks or maybe once a month, as your increase comes, there, there isn't, you, you don't replace your giving of tithes and offerings with something else. We give unto the Lord. But we don't want it to be the focus. And so we don't have it the focus. So here at Calvary, if you've come from another church, you're not going to see pledge drives here. But we hand out little envelopes and make you sign little commitments and have, uh, you know, the biggest pastor that we have show up at your door if you haven't given in a while or have some computer call you or send you an email that, hey, I haven't seen your envelope come in. Well, we're not going to have a big thermometer up on the screen. This is where we're at right now. If you can just give, we're not going to stop the service and bring the offering boxes up here and count them and put them in and go, I'm sorry, guys, it's not enough. Got to give again. You guys laugh? That stuff goes on in churches in the name of Jesus. Stuff goes on because we, we are so quick to fear. I'll tell you right now, the, the needs of Calvary have grown over the years, over the last 11 years. When we had nothing in those early days, there weren't a lot of needs. You don't have a lot, hey, it's kind of like when you first get married. You know, love will get us through. I know. I know. <laughs> That's how it was in the early days. We didn't have much. We had a small payment at the school that we couldn't afford back then, but God provided. And then we bought a few things for children, and then we bought a few things, and the Lord grew. And that with, with more sheep as a part of a fellowship, then there are more needs. And certainly now, 11 years later, we have far more needs than we first started. But you know what we believe here? Where God guides, he provides. And we also believe the opposite of that. And if God isn't providing, then maybe we need to get out of it. So if there ever came a time where, I'm sorry, guys, uh, we don't have enough to pay the rent. We need to turn the building in. Then we turn it in. It doesn't own us. We own it. It doesn't dictate, well, what are we going to do? We, we don't have enough money for the heat. We'll turn the heat off and let the people feel it. <laughs> would you do that, Pastor Ed? Oh, yeah. Sure I would. See, things don't own us. We own and use them for the glory of God. And we want to give you that pattern. Will we tell you when there's needs? Absolutely. Will we share before you go, hey, look, God's opened this door and it's going to take $3 million to do it. And you go, $3 million? Yeah, it's going to take $3 million. And when everybody does a little bit, it all comes into one point. And boom, there it is. God takes care of things through the body, through us. And those that are faithful and good stewards... You know what the promise of God is? If when you're faithful with little, you'll be ruler of many. You'll get more. That's the reward for faithfulness. The reward for faithfulness is more. 
So we're not going to have pledge drives. We're not going to dedicate, you know, tithing Sundays or tithing months. We're not going to, we're certainly not going to hire a company to come in and do a building program and then take 10 to 15% off the top so they can run their stuff. And then now we have to raise even more to pay them off. If the Lord wants us to have a building, we'll tell the church. If the church responds, guess what? We'll have a building. And you know what the pattern has been in our congregation? Look what you're sitting in. This was dirt. It was dirt that we didn't own. And it started with, hey, we found some dirt. You guys want to buy some dirt? And the group of congregants, many of you were there with us. You go, oh, yeah, let's do it. So we bought some dirt. And then it came time. We go, well, you guys ready to build a building? Let's, here it is. This is what it's going to take. All right. And God, he gets all the glory for that. And so perhaps God would stir you to give an extra large gift in your heart. But see, from the Lord's perspective, it's all, it's all relative. Like maybe you write a check. Here's a million dollars. Do you need three? I'll give you one of them. Yeah, yeah but you, you have like a billion dollars in your bank account. That's like giving a penny. Or somebody else writes, well, man, you need a million dollars. Okay, I'm going to write a check of $10. But that's like the majority of the money you have left over. That's, that's above and beyond. I mean, a $10 gift, a million dollar gift, it's all relative. It's you and your heart. It's my heart before the Lord. We're not going to place some heavy emphasis on giving. We're not going to ask you to take, okay, it's tithe time. Stop the service. Hey, Ian, hey, Ryan, get up here. Play me a special song. Wave your tithe in the air. Wave it just like you don't care. You know, I'm not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and then I could say, oh, there's a big one over there. Look, Sister So-and-so has two checks. And whoa, that's a dance, brother. Nice. That's a tithe dance. We're not going to play around with that. So what you see around the building is there's boxes. They're there for you to give. We expect you to give. Obey the Lord. Just like in the time of Jesus at the temple, there were boxes shaped like large horns. And, and when he was standing there and he's watching that, that publican, you know, look at my giving. And then that, that widow put in her couple mites. He was watching them give at the boxes. And so we have offering boxes here because the question comes up, you know, why don't you take a formal offering? We're not against formal offerings at all. But that little bit of time for the formal offering we could use for worship of Jesus, and we'd like to do that. Uh, but, you know, one day maybe we have to take a formal offering. We haven't, but we're not against it. The methodology of, you know, when I uh, had the privilege of taking over the congregation, the oversight, you know, the stewardship of this church, uh, I didn't understand. I don't know how we're going to do giving or anything. And, and there was just a box there, and I go, what a great idea. I think we'll keep the box. And it's just been that way for 11 years. And so you'll see them spread out the building where you can use them under the Lord. And of course, now you, you can give under the Lord online and all kinds of other things that you can do. It's just so cool that the Lord would give us so many opportunities to give unto him. And I, I assure you, on the integrity of the Spirit of God living in me, if I ever did this, I'd be in the flesh, not in the Spirit. Because in the Spirit, if the finances ever dip here, I, I'm not going to come and beg you to give. I'm not going to bring up my kids in all torn up clothes and... <laughs> They can't take a shower. He's, Look what you're doing to my kids, man. Give so they can have some new in there. Oh, oh Patty, where is he? We're, we're not going to, I think I made my point, right? We're not going to manipulate you. <laughs> you know, it's, if, if, every time someone comes on staff here, which we don't have a large staff. Most of the ministry here is all volunteer. We, we don't have a large staff, but every single conversation with anyone that comes on staff here is you understand that if tough times come, we're all going to get a job. We're not going to stop serving. We're not going to put our resume up on findapastor.com to find another job. We're going to go get a job and we're going to serve the needs of Calvary Chapel if we need to. 
And if you can't agree to that, then you can't come on staff. And since you're the last one hired, you're the first one that's going to get a job. <laughs> I really do say that. <laughs> because you have pastors and you have lay leaders, men and women here that serve. You have women on staff. They are dedicated to serve you. This isn't a job to them. It's not a job to us. We're not going to manipulate him. Jesus is the head of this church. So we're going to keep our eyes on him. And the finances go up and down and things happen and the economy goes here and there. And, and when we keep our eyes on the Lord, then it doesn't, it doesn't hit us so much. We just keep steadying on whatever God has for us. If we have to go back to the school and worship, we'll find a bigger school, but we'll go back to the school. You know, if things need to change, then things need to change. Jesus talked about, a lot about money. Did you know that? 16 of the 38 parables were concerned with how to handle money and possessions. In the Gospels, an amazing one out of every 10 verses, 288 in all, deal directly with the subject of money. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. God's interested in what he's entrusted to our care. And giving is never to be out of constraint or pressure. That's what we're taught in the scriptures. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we'll get to this again when we go at the end of our study in 2 Corinthians, we'll do a whole other study on giving, that we would give each one as you purpose in your heart. If your heart's not right with the Lord, then you use this as an excuse. Well, I just don't purpose to give this week. You know, you don't get it. Because the heart of God is to give. So if you're purposing in your heart, I just don't, I'm just not going to give. Well, God's going to let you do that, but that's not his heart. It's your heart. Just finding a way out of something tough, something difficult. God, it says, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Not one out of restraint and, oh, I'm going to, okay, all right, I'm going to give, Ed. I know you're not going to see it, but I'm going to walk around and make sure you, look, look, I'm giving right now. You know what? I'll have one of the guys that has a key come up and give it back to you. Why give to God like that? Just keep it. Go use it on yourself. I'll give, but I hate it. Well, then don't give then. Go buy yourself a burger. Go get yourself a new set of clothes. So don't give God to, with a grudge. Like, I'll give God, but you need to give back. No, God's given us everything. Don't you see giving is a peek into your heart? And if you don't have a cheerfulness about you and serving the Lord and giving unto him, it's not a church problem. It's not a pastor problem. It's, it's a heart problem. And it's going to infect everything about you. God is able, the Bible says, to make all grace abound towards you. He is able. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, I know some of you have been out of work for a long time, but God continues to feed you, doesn't he? You may not have as much as you used to, but God's continuing to take care of you. You just have just enough or maybe a little bit less than enough that's really building your faith for God to provide just a little bit more, just a little bit more. If I had just a little bit, it's not, your attitude is not, if I had a little bit more for myself, it's just if I had a little bit more, I make ends meet. If I and God is building your faith and he's, what, why? Because he's faithful and, and it's humbling. Now you have to eat someone else's bread because they gave it to you. It was just a bag of groceries on your doorstep, no name, no nothing and and your first response is, no, 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 I work for my, I, but God is humbling you. Say, no, I'm going to give you bread. I know it's a tough time. 
I know it's been a while, and God is even using this circumstance in your life to humble you and to create in you a thankful heart for the bread, for the food that's on the doorstep. That he's able, it says, that you might have all sufficiency in all things, that you might have an abundance for every good work. That you wouldn't just have bread for yourself, but you'd have bread for the neighbor you know has been out of work too. You have a couple extra bucks to buy that book for that neighbor that really needs to hear. You have a couple, you know, you had the, somebody gave you two pies. So you have one for your family and you give one to the neighbor across the street just because they just had a baby and they, you know, you just want to bless them. And, and, and God is able to make all sufficiency provided. You, you, don't, you don't want to give grudgingly. It's, it's important to know that there's nothing wrong with having money. Jesus walked around in the ministry with a treasurer, money for the ministry, even though he had nowhere to lay his head, he used money to further the gospel. There's nothing wrong with having money. The Bible doesn't say that money's the root of all evil. It says it's the love of money. You can be dirt poor and love money. <laughs> you can have absolutely nothing and still have a deep love of money. Money is a neutral. It can be used for good or evil. Abraham, Job, Joseph, they all had money. They were wealthy. And what I love about them is that their wealth was directed by God. And they used it for his glory. And our checkbook reveals a lot about our hearts. Very few things can be done in the ministry without money, without support of God's people, period. Where God guides, he provides. And the number one way he provides is through his people. Money just doesn't fall from the ceiling in your house or in mine. God provides through talents, through gifts. I mean, you look at some, some of you, you look at your profession, you look at what God's got you doing right now, and he totally hooked you up, didn't he? It was so different than what you thought was going to, but God hooked you up, he got you the, the place, he gave you favor with the supervisor, you got, you got promoted so quickly, and that raise over there, and just the, because God takes care of you. He takes care of our needs. The number one area of God's provision is through the local church through our lives, our faithful, generous giving. It's when God's people give generously that progression of the gospel takes off. And giving pleases God, church. In our giving, we show our loyalty to him and our willingness to partner with him in the spreading of the gospel. But giving also is a sacrifice. It's an act of worship. It's an act of sacrifice. It's difficult. Maybe some of you have thought about this and even wrestled with God over money. God, why do I have to give 10%? It's a lot of money. I know you're God and all, but we can really use the money. The church doesn't seem to really have a need for it. You've battled with God. Have you ever looked at it an opposite way? An opposite way of looking at it is that out of the 100% of what's been entrusted to your care, God says keep 90% of it and use it. Or, you know, the percentages differ. We've done other studies on tithing before where the New Testament principle really isn't tithing. It's just a beginning. It's a good measurement. He doesn't want it measuring out. It's a good beginning in our giving. But he owns you. He bought you with the blood of Jesus. You and I, we get to take care of so much more than he asks us to give. Let me just say, the years that I've been here, being able to see the ministry from this side of the pulpit, the many years I saw the ministry from your side, I just want you to know that from the very beginning of our congregation, from the very beginning, and I'm sure it was that way before we got here, Marie and I got here, 
you are a very generous, giving church. There has never, ever, ever, never been a need here that has gone unfulfilled. There's never been a bill that's gone unpaid. There's never been a crisis meeting that we've had to call and then go, oh, everything's falling apart. The people, nothing like that. This is a very generous congregation. And your giving is progressing the gospel. Your giving is spreading the gospel. I'm sure we could do a better job of communicating all the different places that the giving here goes. And, And there's so much that happens uh, behind the scenes and so much that happens in our giving that, that we don't want to promote. It's just done under the Lord. We don't want to promote it. We don't want to, hey, everybody, and, you know, we could probably do that every week. Okay, here's a list of all the things. And you, you might, well, I want to know that. Listen, God will reveal to you the giving, where, where giving is going, the things that you need. He'll, he'll reveal it to you. You don't need, in order to have this, you and I, we don't need a constant list. Well, here are the 5,000 things that have gone through giving this year. Just so, we we really, we can just trust God that he's going to take care of it. We've been learning about God's heart for giving here on Abounding Grace. It's part of a study in 1 Corinthians 16 from Pastor Ed Taylor that we've titled, Be a Good and Generous Giver. Hear it again online at calvaryco.church. Pastor Ed, in today's message, you mentioned a guiding principle here at Calvary Church Colorado, and that is where God guides, He provides. And that certainly relates to our radio ministry too, doesn't it? A principle of the ministry here, Larry, is where God guides, He provides. And He does that in a variety of different ways. The primary way that He provides is through His people, through their faithful giving. And you know, the longer you walk with Jesus the more you come to realize and appreciate His tremendous faithfulness. There's not been a one day where God is unfaithful to us, and there never will be a day. And when it comes to our needs, and I believe this is a word from God for some of you, when it comes to our needs, God always provides. And if God's in it, He'll provide all that we need. And we see that in our own ministry here at Abounding Grace, where for over 17 years, God has provided all of our needs to keep Abounding Grace on the air, produced, pay for airtime, and all the things that go with a radio ministry. Sometimes it's been in large, generous gifts, and yet most of the time it's been through faithful monthly giving. And either way, God is taking care of business through you for us. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for partnering with us. I want to thank you for praying for us. I want to thank you for being a part of the provision of God for Abounding Grace. I mean, we started Abounding Grace so many years ago on a 1 a.m. station here in Denver. Uh, One time slot, 1 a.m. station. And over the years, God has enabled us to reach out to literally... I think we're over 30 or 40 stations. I don't know what it is right now. There's probably more. I never counted them. But not only that, but God entrusted to us uh, two full-power radio stations here in Colorado that reach 80% of Colorado's population. So not only do we get to supply uh, or do we get to give out the Word of God through Abounding Grace, but God has provided a platform where we have been a part of so many other churches throughout Colorado and around the country to provide faithful Bible teaching 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I just want to say this. Thank you. When you give to Abounding Grace, when you give to Grace FM, when you give to Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado, the resources go 
for the furtherance of the gospel, and it's true. Where God guides, he provides, and so thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Church. Here at Abounding Grace, the Lord has been our faithful provider, and we thank him for allowing us to be on the radio, helping people all over the world grow in their relationship with him. If you'd like to help us in that endeavor, please visit calvaryco.church or call us at 877-30-GRACE. See if this sounds familiar. Someone comes up to you with a problem they're facing, and you know Scripture speaks to it, but you just can't quite think of the verse. Well, the quick Scripture reference for counseling is just what you need to be able to quickly find the Bible passages for the issues you and your friends are faced with. It's arranged topically, so you can quickly find what you're looking for. And we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryco.church. Our time together sure goes by quickly, doesn't it? But we're already looking forward to our next study in 1 Corinthians right here on Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. God bless. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 